Legally Blonde, Suits, My Cousin Vinny. All badass lawyers, all different. Which begs the question, what type of lawyer do you want to be? Don't waste another second thinking, ugh, I don't even know what types of lawyers there are. Trust us, we've been there. Let's put a stop to that once and for all. Go take the 90-second quiz from new lawyer now what coach Angela Vorpal to give yourself a clear picture of the best fit type law for you. Go to www.whattypeoflawyerquiz.com and take the quiz today. Once you've taken the quiz, send us a DM on Instagram to let us know what type of lawyer you got. We can't wait to hear. Hi guys, welcome back to the Ladies Who Law School podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Haley. And this week's episode is about legal research. We have been planning this episode for a bit and there was a point this semester when I text Samantha and was like, we just need to talk about why legal research is hard because, you know... I bet there's other people out there that struggle during their research assignments. And, you know, we just want to be there for everybody and just kind of talk about the things that we always struggle with and that are just hard in law school and being a lawyer. So this is part of that process. We're going to kind of just talk about what it is, when you're going to use it, why it's important when you might learn about it in law school and different tricks and tips that we have learned throughout our process of researching and learning about research and then in turn writing about that research. So let's dive in. So when you first think of legal research, so if you're an undergrad right now and you're like, what's legal research? It's pretty similar to if you're an undergrad, you know, using sources, books, stuff like that to, you know, find information to write about. But in the legal world, um, legal research is a little bit more specific. So the main sources, right, case law, they're going to be your primary sources of basically the law. Then you're going to get statutes. You're going to have treatises. You're going to have supplements. I mean, there are all kinds of books that explain the law in so many different ways that you can literally cite to in your papers. So what is what are you going to be citing to? I think the first time that you guys are going to probably do legal research for the, you know, in law school is going to be your 1L year. So 1L year, your legal research and writing professor is probably going to give you the basics, right? You know, There's Westlaw, Lexis, and there are several other types of legal search engines that are free. Um, I mean, there's state-specific ones. It really depends. (laughs) Like in Oklahoma, for example, we have OSCN, which is like the holy grail of Oklahoma legal research. It has everything that you could possibly want, you know, dockets, documents, pleadings, everything, right? But if you don't have that, you're going to have to rely on different sources. Now, you can go to your library and do this legal research, but as most of you will be doing 
legal research on your computer. So Haley, now that they got the basic on like what legal research is in general, it's basically what you're going to be using for your arguments. Where would you say that people should start with their legal? Let's say it's your 1L appellate brief. That's the, I think that's the big one. Where would they start looking? You know, what should they be looking at? Well, first things first, I think you should make sure and pay attention in your legal research and writing class. Some schools have just legal research. If that's the case and you're not required to take it, highly recommend that you do. It's so important to learn how to use the search engines. And in law school, when you're in 1L, you're going to start out and you're already going to be offered Lexis and Westlaw through the law school. So while you're in law school and you're not paying for these things or the law firm isn't saying like, oh, you have to use this search engine, get to know both of them and really understand what they are and how you're going to use them. Because like Santa said, the sources that you're going to use are super important and In reality, every case that you read in law school is online, whether that be on uh, a Google search and then it ties you into just cases or just the or whatever, or if you go to Westlaw or Lexis. So I think one of the things that I learned and I learned this late in my law school career is if you're working on that appellate brief and you know, some teachers give you the law or at least point you in the right direction of the statute that you need to find or things like that. It's really important to start with secondary sources, your, you know, CJSs, your LARs, which are just big books. Probably I've never seen one in real life, but with all the law in there, um, treatises and different supplemental books, basically. I never really know what's what. Like, oh, this is a treatise or oh, this isn't. I always have to still to this day ask my uh, professor, you know, what is this? And they're like, it's a book. So just use it like that. But those are great places to start and learn the law and the elements and no case law that's mixed in. And then as you go from there, you're going to use your case law to really prove your point And to answer any questions that you have further from the secondary sources, right? So you might like wonder, oh, if this fact changes, will this change the analysis? Like you're going to learn all of that through case law. Always think of it in a sense that, you know, you're trying to define a word and you can't figure out what the word is. You learn first about the word in the secondary source and then you learn how to define that word through your case law. So that's a little little analogy example I like to use just because that kind of made it a lot clearer for me on what I'm supposed to be doing. But from there, you know, you do the legal writing that you've learned and you analyze. And I think a few episodes ago, I know um, Julie Cromer Young talked about how important the legal writing was. And it is really important because once you know how to do Iraq, it just repeats itself over and 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 over over again for you to continue that throughout your legal career. And you're going to be doing legal research 
your entire legal career. So sometimes it feels really hard and it's new. And I know I've definitely felt that, felt like that, especially as a 3L. And you just really have to practice it and keep at it. And um, I think sometimes too, it, I don't know about you, like what's the longest it's ever taken you to find something? I learned relatively quickly that it takes you longer than two hours to find it. Then you need to like reach out to somebody because they probably know like the secret to find what you're looking for. So when I started my internship back this summer, I had to do a lot of legal research um, for the first time, you know, intense research. And there were times where at the beginning I was taking like five hours to find something on Westlaw. And I'm like, this is not, I'm not using my time wisely. Right. So how can I make Westlaw? Cause I personally like Westlaw in the firm that I work at, they use Westlaw. So that's the kind of one that I'm more familiar with. Um, so how could I use Westlaw to my advantage? You know, like how can I make the search engine do the work for me? Cause I felt like I was doing too much of the work. So I pretty much, I'm just going to give you a scenario. You're going to have to write a memo, okay? And for your issue, I always um, write the issue in the search bar. And the issue, I don't use any connecting words. Let's say you're looking up, um, I don't know, dog bites, okay? I want to look up a negligence action for dog bites. So I'm going to literally put what state I'm in. Right. So for me, I'm in Oklahoma. I'll put Oklahoma and then 10th Circuit. So I know that I'm only going to the jurisdiction that I'm looking through. Then I'll put in the search bar, dog bite, negligence, you know, sidewalk, if it happened on a sidewalk or something. And then from there, you click, you know, search and you're going to see a ton of cases pop up. And they'll have like little captions with highlights of like certain keywords that you mentioned. Right. And if you look through there, you can usually start finding cases that, you know, have facts that are similar to yours. But I like to go make my life even easier and not have to read a bajillion cases. Okay, on your left side, it's going to say filters. You're going to click on filters and put search within results. So once you do that, let's say we're still on the dog bite case. In that situation, I like to put more, um, you know, facts that are a little bit more detailed. So like if it happened at a dog park, I'll search dog park in there and then it'll start bringing me all the cases that have to do with dog parks and dog bites along with everything that I've searched, right? So once I get down to a few cases, um, it depends on your jurisdiction. Oklahoma is kind of small. So, you know, once I get down to like how many cases I actually need, there's usually just a few. Once you click on the case, you're going to go down and this is just a time saver. Obviously, I recommend reading all the cases, you know, when you first start because you need to like learn what to look for. But right here, if you go scroll down, it's going to, they're called West Head Notes. And those are generally the issues that are in the case, you know, like issues and certain doctrines that are talked about in the case. So what I'll do is usually look for the exact rule that I'm looking up. So like, you know, the negligence elements for a dog bite case, you know, if there's specifics, the West head notes will usually list those. So let's say you find the West head note that says exactly what you need. Usually right under, it'll say like 
see other cases or something along those lines that have um, the same issue. So you can click on it. Just click on the heading of the West Headnote that you want to go to. And when you click on it, it'll give you every single case that has that same West Headnote. So now you have a list of cases that have similar facts, similar issue, and it's just easier to go down that way. So that's like the way I do legal research. Um, I know there's a million bajillion different ways you can go about it. And also, you know, maybe you're thinking, oh my gosh, Samantha, like, can I just take you in my pocket and like, you can just show me everything. We're going to put a link in the bio where you can go to Twin. You can go to Twin, which is a part of Westlaw, Thomas Rutgers, and you can use the Law School Survival Guide slash Knowledge Center. And it's basically where I learned like not everything that Samantha taught me or just taught us, but... I learned how to use the filters on the side and it kind of just walks you through. It's like a lady, probably you could do it, (laughs) that walks you through just each different step of how to use Westlaw. And I highly recommend that. Um, I know Lexus also has it as well. So we'll just link those for you guys in case, you know, you're like, well, I don't really like Westlaw, I like Lexus, but I want to know how to use the search terms, how to use the filters Basically, exactly like Samantha said, to get the search engine to do the hard work for you. And, you know, both search engines use like a head note type system where it groups certain cases together. So it's just really important to like understand how that works. And there's just no way that we can explain this all to you guys and make total sense without you seeing the screen. I totally, I just know that it's crazy confusing and Especially if you're like an undergrad, you're like a head note, you know, like you're you're probably like, what do you mean left side filters? Like, (laughs) I totally understand that if you're not looking at it, it's probably hard. But if you get the chance to like look at it, it, like that, that's the way you walk through yourself through it. Um, It's really not rocket science. It's just like Haley said, it's practice. And what you'll learn in law school in your first year that legal research and writing is practice. You don't get good at it unless you do it a lot. Just like writing, like your 1L writing compared to your 3L writing is going to, like, you're going to laugh at your 1L writing. You know what I mean? Um, you're going to be growing out, growing throughout the years. You're going to learn throughout the years. It takes time to learn these things. I mean, there's still lawyers that are still figuring out how to research now, you know? Um, but I think along with Westlaw, like, not only for legal research, but it can be such a tool. And this is not like sponsored by Westlaw or anything. Like I just use Westlaw a lot. So that's what we're going to talk about. Um, I think the most helpful thing that I have found on Westlaw and for all of you guys who are in internships and in classes where you have to write pleadings and stuff like that. The number one thing that I feel like no one ever talks about is the trial courts documents tab. So let's say we're doing the dog bite case again, and you need to write a petition or you need to write a motion in limine or something, right? You can do that same search that we did earlier, right? In the search bar, we're going to put dog bite, you know, negligence, action, sidewalk, whatever. On the left side, on content types, so after you've searched that, you're going to go down to trial court documents. Once you get to trial court documents, you can then go to filter and then look up like specific motion, like the specific title of the motion or whatever you're looking for. Or you can go down a document type and, you know, 
there's pleadings, motions, exhibits, like there's all kinds of, they even have like expert witness depositions and stuff like that. Like there's a lot in there. So if you go in there, you can find literal pleadings that have been filed in court about anything like seriously, like you need an example, like this is the place to get one. If you can't, I know a lot of firms, um, they'll have like a bank, right. Of all their past stuff. And that can be helpful. But if you know, you get an issue that they haven't litigated before and you're totally lost, like that is the place to go. And I like to tell everyone that that's like my number one thing. Trial court documents will save your life in your internship and or any class where you need to write legal documents because it's not like you don't want to have to reinvent the wheel that you say, you know, and you'll see a lot throughout, I'm sure your law school and law career that people, you know, will send each other different types of pleadings and stuff um, because a lot of it is like repetitive, you know, (laughs) like once you've done it once, you can just kind of take your same pleading and change the facts and whatever you need to do to it. So yeah, trial court documents, don't miss it. We'll be right back. Hey guys, we want to take a moment to talk about something that has been a game changer for us busy lawyers, Audible. Yes, Audible has been our go-to platform for incredible audiobooks, offering an extensive library of thrillers, nonfiction, autobiographies, and mysteries. And guess what? We've got a special treat for you. Audible is offering a free trial to our listeners, and all you need to do is check the link in the show notes. It's the perfect opportunity to experience the magic of audiobooks without spending a dime. Speaking of thrillers, I know you are currently hooked on Never Lie by Frida McFadden. Samantha, can you tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. The twists and turns in Never Lie have kept me on the edge of my seat during the workday and even when I'm on my daily walks. It's like having a suspenseful companion wherever I go. And for those looking for some financial wisdom, I have been engrossed in My Money, My Way by Kamuku Love. It's packed with practical advice on managing finances, perfect for anyone trying to navigate the complexities of money management. What we love most is the flexibility Audible offers. As lawyers, our schedules can be unpredictable, but with Audible, we can enjoy our favorite books on the go whether we're stuck in traffic, hitting the gym, or waiting for a court hearing. So, if you're ready to embark on a literary journey and discover the joys of audiobooks, click the link in the show notes to start your free trial with Audible. Trust us, you won't want to miss out on this fantastic offer. Exactly. And... I'm just looking at all the different videos that Westlaw offers and yeah, you can basically get on there, you know, maybe let's be honest, maybe you you didn't pay attention in the research class and you're thinking guys like, okay, I get it. I should have paid attention, but like, what do I do now? This is where you go. I'm going to link it for both. Like I said, Lexus and Westlaw, just in case, you know, we have our people who like both and, or, and like I said, you know, for me, I was a big Westlaw girl, 1L. Then I went to a firm. They use Lexus. So I had to learn really quickly like how to use Lexus. And I think that's why I recommend that you learn how to use both because you just never know. Like Law school is long, especially when you're a 1L. You're like, oh, I'll never have to use that. 
But it's just good. I, I know how most of us are too. We just want to have a general understanding and most of the time we want to be good at everything. So, you know, you want to have a general understanding of both search engines. So I'm, like I said, I'm going to link the different classes that you can take. And if you're currently in law school, it should allow you to take them. If you're an undergrad, then it might not. Um, necessarily let you log into this knowledge center e-learning portal that uh Westlaw has but um I'm sure that there's other YouTube videos that you can watch and if not you know what just hang in there you will learn all about it when you get to law school and but I will try to find some YouTube videos maybe just explaining a little bit about legal research and you can google the different uh search engines and just kind of like look at them because I know that that's um, interesting. Also, whenever you were an undergrad, do you ever have to look up anything? Yeah. So when I was an undergrad, I used JSTOR a lot. Um, That was like a search engine for um, academic publications. And so that's like kind of what I would use. But I think now that you mention it, it's a good time to bring up the blue book. So in college, Usually you're citing things in like Chicago format or whatever. Yeah. APA, like there's legal writing is its whole other thing. In legal writing, you have to cite to every, like if you use a case, if you use one word from a case, like you have to cite that sentence to the exact pinpoint location of where you found it in the case. Right. So So almost every sentence is cited basically. So when you read legal writing, a lot of times you'll see um, at the end of a sentence, id, I-D, at 300. That just means that's at that page number. So the blue book is important, and I just wanted to harp on it for a second because it is so good to know how to use the blue book, how to vastly use the blue book. Um, I never thought that after one L year, I was going to use my blue book much, but I use my blue book almost every day at work when I have to write things. Um, of course you like learn it at a certain point, it just comes to you, but I still have to look up a lot of things in the blue book. Um, it's easy to mess up and judges are very, They can tell if you didn't italicize a period or vice versa, you know, like it's the knit, it's the tiniest little details. And when it comes to citations that are important, which is crazy, but it's just the way it is. And, um, there's also an online blue book. So for you guys who have not purchased a physical blue book yet, because you haven't started law school or let's say you rented one. They have an online blue book that you can subscribe to. And I believe there's like a two week free trial and I've used it before, like when I'm in a crunch and it's honestly awesome. It's the blue book, but in e-format and you can search, like search it. So it makes it super quick. Um, So yeah, that's, I mean, you'll learn the blue book in 1L. You'll probably get quizzed on it and stuff, but just know that it's definitely something to take seriously if you know you're going to be doing a lot of writing. Absolutely. I know during 1L, I was like, okay, I'm not good at anything, so I'm going to try to be good at citations and understanding the blue book. You can learn really quickly if you pay attention. Most of the time, your teacher will fix your site for you. And 
lesson learned, just go back and fix them, all of them at that point. Command F will be your friend. And I think once you kind of learn the rule of like when to use it and how to use it and what a long side is and what a short side is, you can easily navigate the blue book and just a quick Google search on how to cite XXX will work too. Um, you'll also learn that, you know, what Lexus, <laughs> Westlaw and Lexus are one side of the street and you'll hear it now if this is your first time to hear it and all the way through your legal career, I'm sure that you will Google things. <laughs> you'll Google a lot of things simply like, What's the elements of negligence? Like, and it'll pop up Google answer for you. So it's, we're in the day of the internet. We're the lawyers who no longer have to have a library full of law books to cite the case. But with that being said, it's still an undertaking. Like, don't get me wrong. I remember thinking like, oh, but I shouldn't complain because I don't have it as hard as so-and-so did in the 70s. And I'm thinking like, yeah, but with more technology comes more responsibility on you to know how to use it. So with all that being said, I mean, it's very much so a process learning how to do legal research and how to become good at it. I know that in all the different things that I've done, the memo for 1L, I had no idea what I was doing. That was my first semester. I think we wrote like two memos, right? And then whenever it came to the second semester, we did the appellate brief and a brief. But I'm pretty sure in both of those classes, he basically told us the law or told us where to find it or told us the statute. So I never really had to research anything. And it wasn't until I was at work at the law firm in civil law, criminal law, you don't have to do a ton of research because it's pretty laid out for you how the facts are going to fall or excuse me, based on the facts, how they fall, what will happen, you know, and it comes down to the negotiations and criminal law as well. So with that aside, when I came to civil law, I realized, okay, there's research to do. There's things to prove. There's cases to be cited and it's really overwhelming And I think that that's part of the reason we wanted to do this episode was to just kind of like let you guys in on the secret that legal research is super important. Like not just it's super important, like, hey, guys, you know, make sure you pay attention. But like we're here to be your big sis mom and tell you like, no, guys, like you're probably going to do a little extra because you, you know, I get it. Like there's just going to be some days where you've been at school all day. You just can't pay attention anymore. I get it. So, you know, that's why we're here to tell you different resources that you can use to learn it again. Because let's be 100% honest, this semester I did my uh, my writing requirement and I wrote a research paper and it was all about um, an appellate situation. So I had to do a lot of research. I had to learn a lot of things um, about the law that I had already learned, you know, but and research what these words mean. And it totally changed my mindset. And I didn't even think it could anymore of just like when you read a case and you find a rule, what those certain words within that mean, you know, there's always another level. There's always another avenue you can go down and keep 
researching. So it, it's it's interesting to learn how to table that, how to you know, push through it, how much time you have on your hands, you know, just everyone's different, right? I know some of us get anxious about when things are due. You know, there's this, I always think of this like timeline of anxiety, you know, something's due, the bar's coming, whatever, right? And you have, you know, a year out, you feel this way, nine months out, six months out, two weeks out, you know? And I think legal research comes to the point where sometimes you put it off, and or you are asked to do something really quickly so the anxiety like comes on really fast and you're just like oh shit oh shit oh shit so yeah i just want you guys to know this stuff so that you can rely on this later you might not even need this episode right now yeah (laughs) but come back to it this is more just like a warning so like when you do go to your internship you don't spend five hours you know on one issue because then you're like ah and then you have other things to do and then you feel like because you're just like, am I stupid? Yeah. No, you're not. Stupid. Let the search engine work for you, and that's the quote of the week, guys. Let everyone else do the work for you. Yeah, and sometimes people at your firm might not know the secrets that you've learned online, but the people in your library at your law school will 100% know all the secrets, like all of them. So if they're offering classes, go to them. If they are nice, sweet and kind and they're opening their door to you go to them if you have one of them as a teacher and you build a relationship go to them because that's how i learned so much just this past semester about ways to like samantha said have the search engine work for you and those videos that we talked about that will also help you know how to use boolean terms whatever right like how to use practical guides that what the hell does that even mean like all the stuff that is on there that you never had time to click around in because it's not like we have free time. Also, just as a PSA, we have barely scratched the surface on like what legal research yeah. actually is. So like, you know, after this episode, don't be thinking like, oh, it seems simple because or, it's, oh, they have it figured out. Yeah, because we don't. Number one, I yeah. still struggle every single day. Literally. And I just recently found out a lot of these things and that's why we're choosing to spread the knowledge now. But we just, you know, it's just, you will have to learn it. Like law school, you can be provided all of the tips and all of the resources, but you need to put in the work, right? It's not, and like we said, it's practice makes perfect with this kind of stuff. You just can't, I mean, maybe you do. Maybe you just like know how to use it, you know, like you're just a genius, but most of us aren't. Okay. Or they're just, really, they're just quick learners. Because a lot of us haven't been exposed to this. And even if you have been at the law firm where you were a paralegal, you weren't relied on, you know? And now it, it's just a totally different situation whenever you, we all put the pressure on ourselves. That's just who we are. We're in this job and we're in law school because we love pressure and we love to rise to the challenge. So it's just one of those things that this is no different. Lean into it when it feels hard. And you're going to learn. You're going to push yourself. When you thought it was easy, nothing in law school is easy. This, if you thought this was easy, like, joke's on you. It's coming for you, you know? Also, um, I just want to also say, like, reach out to your peers. Reach out to your friends. Like, they might have researched a specific topic that you may have not. And they could probably point you in the right direction in, like, a second. Also, if you don't have people that you are comfortable talking with, you know, at your school... 
join our Facebook group and you can probably ask if people, I saw some people in there asking about like civil rights stuff and, you know, use our resources and there's a bunch of people that are willing to help. Um, and you know, we're here for each other. So why not help each other out? Absolutely. And join our Facebook group because we have conversations in there all the time about different things. And as we get ready to wrap up the episode, I just want to touch on what has happened in the past week or so with the Dobbs v. Jackson women's health case, which is a case that is putting a prohibition on abortion in Mississippi on at 15 weeks pre-viability. And if you haven't sat through a constitutional law class, you're probably like, guys, I don't even know what viability is, what you're talking about. But I encourage you to check out our Instagram page and look at the quote from the attorney who argued for the Women's Health Organization there in Jackson, Mississippi. She talks about women's rights and how that this could totally affect us. And, you know, we don't like to get political, but at a point when it becomes a potential issue for what we represent as hashtag ladies who law school, this is could directly impact any and every future lady who goes to law school and lawyer as well. Right. This could affect the percentage as it rises. 37% of women are attorneys and we don't want that to go down. So I just encourage you to keep up with current events, keep up with the different Supreme Court cases that are being argued and have, have been argued in the past couple years. Just because I guarantee you, if you're not in law school already, when you go to law school, you'll hear about them and you'll learn about them. And sometimes the real world implications are things that are happening right in front of you and you don't even realize until you're in law school. So like I said, I encourage you to join the Facebook group. We talk a little bit more about that and we talk more about women and all the great, I say crazy in like the best way possible, but so many crazy ass hardworking women are in this group talking about the LSAT, talking about law school, talking about growing up and doing amazing things. And we just want to keep that community alive and have conversations about what it feels like to potentially have that threatened, have, you know, what it feels like as a professional woman to go through this life and how we feel about our rights that we have learned about in law school. So join the Facebook group. Always talk to us if you ever want to. We're nerds about it. And uh, yeah. Also, I would highly just, you know, everything that Haley said, kudos to that. But also, I would really encourage you guys to listen to the actual oral arguments. I know it's easy to just kind of look up on Twitter, like the synopsis of what was said. And a lot of times... You know, the people that are picking apart these arguments aren't necessarily lawyers and, you know, haven't been to law school. So if you're in law school, you know, you probably enjoy listening to them and just really picking apart. Honestly, I feel like it's great if you're in con law right now, like kudos to you. Your teacher would probably be really proud that you're like listening. I've been listening to like 
their constitutional arguments. And I just think it's really important to know, be aware and educate yourself. And if, you know, these oral arguments are on YouTube, they're on podcasts, they're very accessible. And we are all about making the law accessible to people. And if you're in the lucky position where you understand legal jargon, then you might as well educate yourself and really um, just know what's going on with women's rights, human's rights. And um, as long as you can educate yourself and make your own opinion, that's all that matters. So, Absolutely. That's what we want to preach, making the law more accessible, building this community, and lifting women up. All right, guys. Well, you know where to find us, and we will talk to you again next week. Yes, and follow our Instagram at Ladies Who Law School Podcast. That's where we are most active. That being said, we are in finals the next two weeks. So if you don't see much of us, it's because we're literally nose in the books. Um, But we can't wait to catch up with you guys in the new year and just give you guys an update on everything. And as usual, stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to your peers, and yeah, have a good rest of your week. Bye. Bye.